Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Dune, the blockbuster half-movie based on half of the award-winning novel by Frank Herbert. The legendary half-story of intrigue, betrayal, and a fight for survival against man and monster for control of the most important planet in the galaxy. Dune. See half of it now in theaters and on HBO Max. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. MIT. Oh, hi. I was wondering what you guys offer. Well, I mean, we offer a, a wide range of courses. I have I don't really understand how these things work. Do you have like a class in making money? We do not have a class in making money. We are more, I mean, there is a business class that can help you kind of uh, figure out how to operate a business uh, when you're, when you're running your toilet business and, and, and that way you can see how your business uh, in toilets can make money. But, you know, we don't necessarily, we're not a business school per se. Do I have to have a toilet company to go to MIT? Well, you don't have to have one to come here, but when you leave here, uh, we, we equip you with the knowledge and expertise to run your own toiletry company. Well, that'd be pretty nice. What is the, and here's a question I bet you guys get a lot. What does the MIT stand for? Minnesota Institute of Toilets. Okay, good. I'm calling the right place then. Um, so my, my question is, if I wanted to take a course outside of the toilet industry, do you guys offer that? You know, we're focused on our core mission. Our core mission is to educate people about toilets and the flushing arts. And so we're focused on like a laser mm -hmm. on toilets and, and the plumbing associated with toilets. And, and we have a class in wax rings and sealants. Uh, we, we have different uh, flushing technologies. There's the push, there's the lever. There's a lot to learn. Uh, so we don't really want to spend a lot of time with business or mathematics, things like that. We really want to focus our students so that uh, after the six month course, they graduate with a, a diploma in the art of toileting. Look, my, my guidance counselor, um, she spent a lot of time with me in high school. She, she got, she always seemed to be very frustrated with me. She said that I should, um, look for a school where, um, the focus would be making poopoos go away. She thought that was sort of right up my alley. Well, then you, MIT is, is perfect for you. And, uh, and I would actually, you know, if you put that into your essay, we do have a little essay requirement on the application, put that in, mm -hmm. just tell your story about your guidance counselor, what she told you. And of course, our admissions officer, Henry, will look at that and, and he will evaluate it. Okay. I'm not big on essays. Is there a workaround on that? Listen, we got a 97% acceptance rate. So, you know, if you, if you just copied and pasted something you liked on the internet, that's, I'll be honest, Henry doesn't do a ton of background checks. He's never checked a reference. He's never followed up on a, on a transcript that looked like somebody might've written in a ballpoint pen over the GPA. Mm -hmm. Henry's busy. Henry's got multiple tasks. Oh, what else is Henry doing? Well, I mean, he is the head janitor of the school and the admissions <laughs> officer. So when he's not admitting people, he's going around fixing things. And ironically, a lot of those things are broken toilets because a lot of our kids 
um, are aggressive and they take out a lot of their anger on the plumbing system. Oh my. We had an M80 flush the other day that caused a great deal of damage, broke the whole bowl, a little minor flooding on the third floor. Wow. Of, but we of know how to fix it. it. Well, of, of which building though? I imagine like most campuses, you have like tons of buildings. That would be in Crapper Hall, named <laughs> after Thomas Crapper. <laughs> oh, I've heard of him. I, in doing my research, his name came up a lot. He's an inventor. Man. Crapper Hall. That's great. So, but, and are there lots of other different buildings? I know um, my, my parents like to yell at me and say they, they could get into a real school and that there are a lot of buildings in the campuses they went to. But what about here at MIT? Well, I mean, we have two buildings. We have Crapper Hall and the Bidet Building. <laughs> What's the Bidet Building? I'm not, I'm a simple man. I don't know. Well, it's where we have multiple things. There's a cafeteria there. There's a chapel and we have the <laughs> girls dorm because we don't have that many females. <laughs> that, that's a really interesting mix of, uh, <laughs> of needs you're having met by that one building. It's kind of nice because, you know, you can eat your lunch while listening to organ music or Ave Maria. <laughs> And, and hearing the shrieks of women telling us to be quiet. <laughs> that, I got to tell you, that checks a lot of the boxes of things I'm looking for in a school. Well, I'd like to invite you. Uh, there's an application. I can email it to you, mail it to you. You can download it. Can you, can you run it over here? I'm not real good with any of those things you just said. Where are you at? I'm at um, uh, uh, 24 St. Paul Avenue. Which town? Uh, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Which state? Minnesota. Yeah, we could do that. I got like half an hour between classes, so I can just pop on over and drop it off. Wait, so you answer phones and you're a professor? And what uh, what, what class are you teaching in half an hour? Ball cocking. <laughs> now, hold on just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't this. That sounds like a thing they uh, teach at um, at Wesleyan. Uh, it's uh, one of the most important parts of a toilet, and uh, it's one of the very first things you need to learn before you can progress. Mm, okay, unless you want to major in urinals, <laughs> so I can put you down for an admission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll. Yeah, thanks for letting me into your school. Well, we're number two. <laughs> hey, Brian, how are you? Right back at you, Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Halloween yeah. is this weekend. Yep. Are you excited? I am excited. I like Halloween's one of my favorite holidays. Mm -hmm. I think Thanksgiving is my number one. Really? Yes. Oh, why? Because I love celebrating our legacy of genocide. Sure. I, I, it's difficult to argue that point. I like I liked the, the gathering aspect. I like the food, the cooking, the red wine uh, aspects of it. Oh, here we go. I like the time of year. I just like, I like I'm into the fall. Um, I just like Thanksgiving. And then we, the next day we have Friendsgiving. Oh, do you? Yeah, where friends come over and have the, the leftovers and stuff. 
Oh. Maybe, I mean, maybe you'd get a better turnout if you like made them some fresh food. That's Thanksgiving. The the really good friends get Thanksgiving. And then the runners up, they get Friendsgiving. And what about those of us who don't get an invite to either one? What, what do we what do we get? That's no getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, then it's it's worked because every year for the 11 years I've known you, I've it's, I've gotten great no getting gifts. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I I've, I've in return I've gotten you nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's kind of is what, where I was going with that. Um, but anyway, but so, okay. I, I know you love Thanksgiving, but around your neck of the woods, around the town where you live and you're known as Mr. Halloween, right? Yes. The, uh, the neighborhood calls me Mr. Halloween. That's so cool. And it, it's because you, you sort of really decorate your house in, in sort of the scariest way. So I would just sort of love to talk to you about um, all the sort of aspects of Halloween in terms of some of the, your, your greatest hits and some great costumes that you've done. Like I really just sort of want to cover the whole spectrum of Halloween. Um, is that all right with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. So, so tell us about, you know, I, I know you guys have um, gotten a lot of notoriety in your neighborhood for some of the decorations that you've had that you've used to, to scare children and adults. So, yeah, how do you scare, um, how do you scare so many people with your house? Like, you know, we, we just hung up some, um, some cotton as, uh, as some spider webs and stuff. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Well, um, as you know, in a lot of uh, areas in this country, uh, the office of the chief medical examiner is an elected position. Uh -huh. Did you know that? you knew that? Yeah, sure. So, so you don't have to have a medical degree. You don't have to be a doctor. You can just run for office. Well, a couple of years ago, I ran a very clever campaign. I <laughs> utilized all my advertising a skill and, and for, you know, from my previous career in advertising, I used all the tricks of the trade as we called it. Mm -hmm. I had fantastic billboards. And uh, blow-ins, <laughs> which are things that get shot into magazines, <laughs> and um, and I, I just really uh, did, did some TV spots and some radio, and I I got the office of chief medical examiner role. I became the head of the office of chief medical examiner for this county. Wow! That first of all, that's fantastic. What? what so you 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 ran a. Uh, uh campaign ads like what, what sort of campaign ads because talk about um, an office that's never sort of hotly contested you've never seen an advertisement so i imagine yours would be pretty unique yeah i just will see the other guy running was uh, dr steven sillinger md uh-huh and i just i just went ugly i did a brutal campaign um you know and it was just uh, you know i won't say dr steven sillinger md touched a lady there but he did. And then like the music gets really you know, scary and then zooms in on a terrible photo of him. Uh huh. And I, um, you know, I, I just went out of my way to, to destroy Dr. Steven Sillinger. MD. <sighs> Man. So, so you, you did attack ads against just this poor uh, local family what, pediatrician or something. Yeah. And I was like, pediatrician, more like pedia, you know what? And then just kind of did a wink at the camera and then the ominous music and then a zoom in on a really bad photo of him. So okay. What I did, I had an advance crew go to Shoney's, which is a restaurant chain. Uh, he, he was eating there one evening and, and they just kept taking photos of him mid chew. So just really unflattering photos. And that's what we ran on the billboards. Would you mm -hmm. want to elect a chief medical examiner who looks like this? <laughs> 
Yeah. And so, uh, and so I won, I, and I won in a landslide and, um, <laughs> you know, it was obviously devastating to the doctor mm-hmm. as, as evidence. I mean, by his suicide, you could tell it really got to him. <laughs> and that was the irony. <laughs> oh, then tell us the irony. Well, as chief medical examiner, I had to determine uh, Dr. Sillinger's cause of death. Now, now that's fascinating to me because you were definitely not qualified to do this at all. That is what the local op-ed said, but (laughs) I looked at his neck. I saw there were what I would call abrasions Mm -hmm. and some discoloration Mm -hmm. on the throttle area. Uh-huh. Good. And so I declared he committed suicide. Sounds like you're one for one, man. By cop. <laughs> <laughs> why, why drag those poor people into it? Because I just, I just, I, I put a story out saying that he was clearly hung. It was a suicide, but that a police officer must have helped him. Oh, by boy. showing him how to tie a, a hanging knot. Who else would know these things? I, I guess it's, I feel like this is a whole segment we need to figure out, but all right. So, okay. So you've become the chief medical uh, uh, officer in your yes. town or, or County. So yep. um, how does this tie into Halloween? Because you have access to decorations. <laughs> okay. So for example, so I go downstairs to the basement of the office yep. of the chief medical examiner. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, are a bunch of cubby holes mm-hmm. that slide out. And guess what's inside? <laughs> Gee, what? Bodies. Honest <laughs> to God, live dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting for you. One drawer after another, just open it up, open it up, body, 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 body. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, this is the Halloween of our dreams. And so I can tell you that Halloween, (laughs) our yard was littered with genuine corpses. (laughs) And to see the reaction on the people's faces and to see the sheer that, you know, it was the moment when they realized it wasn't, you know, uh, just a a plastic skeleton from Home Depot. Mm -hmm. You know, when they, they watch their kid, the kid walks up and kind of pokes at the the old woman who's deceased and, and pokes and oh, daddy look. And then the daddy comes over and then they kind of get closer and then they move in and they're, they're looking at the eyes and then they're looking around and, and then they come to the realization. That's the moment you want to capture uh-huh. <laughs> because it's so beautiful to see like a father and his son realize that the old woman mannequin they've been poking and prodding is actually Victoria Klemper from Maple <laughs> street. She was, she ran the antique shop. And they recognized uh-huh. her and they right. realized, oh my God, she died three weeks ago. And here Man. she is on my lawn, decomposing. <laughs> and that's now, when you come rushing out with a bowl of candy uh-huh. <laughs> and you say happy Halloween. And when, what do they do when you rush out at them? Uh, they ran off, <laughs> assuming I scared them. Mm-hmm. I was dressed like the Grim Reaper, (laughs) but instead of a scythe, I had Norman Stevenson's head. (laughs) 
which is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you pull the jaw open and you kind of lift up the eyeballs to make it look like they're scared, mm-hmm. like that they were scared because he passed away in his sleep. He was just in Dreamtown, lucky guy. <laughs> but, you know, I opened yeah. up his eyes, opened up the jaw. So it really, I mean, it, it's kind of a terror. It, it looked like he was, you know, killed in a, in a moment of fear. Right. Right. <laughs> and you could see, you know, you could tell from the re- the reactions of the kids that they, you know, they didn't know he died in his sleep. They thought he was killed by a monster. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's sort of go back. Your Mr. Halloween moniker came way earlier when you would uh, dress your kids for Halloween. Like you didn't like to get the sort of the plastic $8.99 uh, Spider-Man costume for your kids. You like to really dress your kids up um, and go above and beyond. Uh, how, how would you dress your kids up back when they were trick-or-treaters? Um, well, you know, I wanted to... Um, you know, do something different. Everybody else does the, you know, the cowboy or the mime mm-hmm. or the clown or the, you know, the zombie or whatever. I sure. wanted something different. I dress them up as policemen, which is kind of cliche, except they right. go to the door and they knock. And when the person opens the door and they, they'll smile at first because they see these two young police officers, but then the police officers say, I'm sorry, we have terrible news, ma'am. Wait, wait. So instead of saying trick or treat, they say we have terrible news, ma'am. Yeah, we're terrible. If it's a woman, they say we have terrible news, ma'am. Your husband was in in an accident. (laughs) And then one of my sons would just look at the other one and say, do we tell her what happened? (laughs) And the other one says, no, it's too grisly. (laughs) And then they just sit there and they reach into the candy bowl. Yeah, that's, that's strange. It's strange, but it's it's remarkably effective. Uh, it does mm-hmm. scare. It does scare ninety nine percent of the people who open the door. Well, it sounds like you really go all out for that. We do go all out for that, and you know, sometimes it's a little bit too much mm-hmm. for somebody. Uh, they can get a little bit angry. Uh, they can, you know, say, how is this funny? What do you, what do you, you know, why would you do that? Why would you say such a thing? That kind of thing. They might Mm -hmm. have a heart attack. Um, but you know, everything comes full circle because Miss Lansby ultimately, uh, was in drawer number 17 and she worked out perfectly as when I put her on the porch. (laughs) So you shocked Miss Lansby's Miss Lansby to death Saved her body for a year. So for the the next Halloween, you could use her. Yes, because as the chief medical examiner, I have the right to hold on to the body until I've made a determination as to the cause of death. (laughs) And seeing as I knew that the cause of death were my eight and 10 year old, (laughs) I didn't want to rush forward with that information right away. And I thought, why not, you know, take advantage of this and use it for Halloween next year. (laughs) Um, her family must not have been pleased to like, they probably wanted to move on with their lives. Yeah. (laughs) Is that just dawning on you? Yeah. Yeah. That explains the summons. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So look, another thing about Halloween that obviously, and we've referenced here already, that kids really love is, is to, it's obviously about getting candy, right? 
but I know you like to, um, you don't necessarily like to give out candy. Every, every kid has a bunch of Snickers bars and, uh, you know, Kit Kats in their, uh, Halloween bag, but right. you, you, you like to really make things unique for the, for each child. You know, can you sort of tell us about, you know, what you give away? Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing's, I think more cliche than you go down to the local supermarket, you buy the 300 pack of, you know, Snickers or Hershey's kisses, God forbid, which, it's an approximation of chocolate or, you know, just, you know, Twix or whatever. That's all boring and cliched and it's been done to death. Yep. What kids don't have, what mm-hmm. they are looking for uh, is a can of garbanzo beans or maybe a stapler. <laughs> <laughs> well, are they looking for that though? That feels like, look, I know my kids cause my kids are right in this, in this age range, perfect for Halloween. They would not, I think, be excited for that. They are if you wrap it. <laughs> so you give them a wrapped gift. I give them a wrapped gift and it's heavy. It's 11 and a half ounces. Yeah. Of garbanzo beans. And you see them light up. You know, you have this heavy pack. You drop it in their bag or their plastic bucket and it's weighted. <laughs> it adds a lot of weight. Okay. So, you know, I get to see the excitement and the anticipation. It's not until later that evening when the kids are counting their candy Mm -hmm. that the parents get to see a true life lesson. (laughs) And what's the life lesson? That sometimes you're expecting candy and you get a can of garbanzo beans. (laughs) Why, Why do you want to do that though? I want to teach, and I think Halloween is an opportunity to teach kids that you don't always get what you want. You might think you're getting a chunk of chocolate. You're getting a can of garbanzo beans. Or a stapler. Or a stapler. And either of those things are more practical than a Twix or a Hershey's, the approximation of chocolate. So (laughs) I, I want to spread a message. Your, your, your sort of love and obsession with Halloween started at a very early age in your childhood. What was the yeah. event uh, or costume that you wore? I forget what the whole circumstance was um, that sort of cemented you becoming sort of obsessed with this particular holiday. Well, you know, my, my mother sewed me a, a clown costume mm-hmm. and, and it was adorable. I had these little pom poms on the chest and, and she painted my face yeah, and cute. Uh, I looked like a little cute clown and she had dressed up like a witch. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the old expression, if you see a witch tripper on the stairs. Uh, yeah, not really, but okay. I thought I'd heard that as a kid. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> okay. And I have memories. You have memory. Okay. That's cool. Well, what, what did your mom think after that, uh, that Halloween? She didn't. <laughs> she fell down the stairs and, and never regained consciousness. And it had never been determined, you know, what the cause of death was. Right. But it's kind of cool having her in drawer 32. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you get to see her, you know, 35 years later. We united, Jack. It's beautiful. See, Halloween, forget Thanksgiving. Halloween is what really brings families together. Happy Halloween, Jack. Happy Halloween to you, Brian. Hey, Brian. Yeah? 
Are you, you are you ready to do another bit or do, do you need some time? No, no, I want to do another bit, Jack. I don't want to waste time. I'm not a dandy. <laughs> I, I don't think someone who would waste time or would need a minute to collect themselves would be a dandy. I'm no, I'm no moron, Jack. I don't want to waste time. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. So, so uh, you, you probably saw this. It was in the news yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, you know, Joe Biden, right? He is the president of the United States. Yeah, that's the one. So, so Joe Biden, um, at some sort of event, he coughs in his hand and then proceeds and he's not wearing a mask. So he coughs into his hand instead of into his arm. He coughs into his hand, gets off the podium where... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where he was and you watch him and he doesn't wipe anything off. He doesn't get his hands pureled or washed or anything like that. And then proceeds to walk around shaking other people's hands as he, uh, as he glad hands like a politician. And th- this made a lot of, uh, a lot of news. Yes. You see this? I did. Yeah. Well, pretty funny. Yeah. It is very funny. And, and it's a lesson that you can't teach an incredibly old dog new tricks. <laughs> You know, they just haven't learned to cough into their armpit. They're just going to cough into the hand and do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Well, so I, I you know, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, I, I know you're, you know, spent a lot of time at the white house and, and yeah. around the president and you've heard a lot of um, other things that sort of the president has done uh, with people that, you know, seem like a good idea to him, but, but maybe put other people sort of in, in grave peril, but, but he doesn't even really realize it. Can, can you sort of talk us through some of these other, some of these other stories that you've been hearing uh, at the white house that sort of are along these same lines that just sort of make you wonder what, what the president's thinking? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I can do that. Now, so you said there was, um, there was a, a military family came and visited the, uh, the white house the other day. Uh, yeah. I guess it was last weekend and, um, and the president really made some curious choices. Could, could you tell us about that? Um, he said, you know, they approached him and they, they were introduced and he said, you look very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then he's like, oh, wait, oh, you, uh, you look like somebody I left in Afghanistan. <laughs> and they said, yeah, that was our son. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. How, how'd that go over? Didn't go over well. Yeah. They huh. were, they were, they didn't like how flippant he was about it. Uh, they were, mm-hmm. they're still very concerned. Uh, they said their, their son is in hiding. Right. And, you know, if you would be so kind as to get him out of there, we would appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> well, so what, how did the president respond to that? He started ordering menu items. <laughs> he thought he was in a Shoney's. Yeah, we I've I've heard a lot of those stories. A lot of grieving families uh, come away with um, you know, uh, third pound cheeseburgers. Yeah, or just you know, I I don't care about baby back ribs. <laughs> Stop talking about that. <laughs> well, that's sad. That's poor. That poor family. But I mean, yeah, he's just like you said. He's just a confused old man. Now you said that he um he visited a school uh, back mm-hmm. in the beginning of October and and maybe put them, uh, you know had there's some health risk associated with his visit. What happened on his school visit back at the beginning of October? Well, you know, he had, he'd woken up that morning with a fever mm-hmm. and a cough 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he was determined. He didn't want to let the kids down. He knew the kids at the school would be looking forward to meeting a, a president and sure. they probably would never have that opportunity again. Mm-hmm. So he was insistent on going. Okay. And, and they were, you know, the teachers and staff and everything were adamant about everybody wearing masks. And he said, no, 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 no masks. Take those off. I want to see their cute little cherubic faces. Oh. And so he walked around and typical fashion, he would get behind them and just kind of press on their shoulders and lean in and kind of <laughs> nuzzle their hair, sniff it, um, sometimes nibble on the ear, a uh, little, you know, thumbs on the cheek kind of thing. You know, just the friendly old man with the most attractive kids in the class and then just kind of moving <laughs> around. Um, and, you know, he was he would cough every once in a while and he'd, he'd say, that's a, how our president coughs. And the kids would kind of laugh. <laughs> that's a weird yeah, brag. They'd never seen a president cough before in person. That's true. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of showing them how to do it. Then he asked them to all try to do it to kind of emulate him. And then he'd say, Oh, you could be president too. Oh. You know, if you, if you try long enough and you live long enough and you just keep trying and trying and trying, <laughs> eventually you can be president too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't mind giving kids that message. Maybe I would do it in a different way, but uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so the president was sick and did all the stuff. Or did any, did any kids catch whatever he had? Yes, they did. Oh gosh. Yeah. There was what a happened? lot. I mean, there's the, the school's currently closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's an opportunity to spend more time with your parents at home mm-hmm. and kind of self-learn. <laughs> well, self-learning is very important. Self-learning is important. A lot of people like go to Europe to have a self-learning journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the president gave the kids the gift of being able to do that right here in, uh, in America, in Annapolis, home, Maryland, with, or wherever he was. your parents. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's yeah. really great. Uh, and so um, uh, there's, a, there's a way that um, apparently the president visited a senior center and left a lot of people at risk. Um, yeah, you know, what, what happened when he was trying to sort of court uh, elderly vol- voters for 2024? Um, well, he showed up at the senior center and of course, a lot of them were very excited to see him. Mm-hmm. Some maybe not excited to see him. Others not sure exactly who he was, if you know what sure. I mean. Yeah. And, you know, he, he walked around, he gave everybody a big presidential bear hug mm-hmm. as one does. And then, um, you know, the sharing of the mouthpiece, the presidential mouthpiece. Oh yeah. I don't know what that is. It's a rubber thing. That presidents wear when they're not talking, <laughs> kind of when they're walking around the White House, mm-hmm. and it's like a rubber mouth guard with like a little presidential seal on it, huh. and it's just something you put in your mouth when you don't have to <laughs> orate, and or when you're not being filleted by an intern, and so <laughs> you walk around with that, and so he kind of took it out of his pocket, and he allowed all the the folks to kind of share in the wearing of the presidential mouthpiece. Right. So for a moment, they could feel presidential like they were at the White House themselves. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Eh, boy. Yeah, not the greatest decision making there. What, um, yeah, you know, you said uh, uh, finally that the, the president visited um, Cape Canaveral and, and sort of visited a lot of sort of astronauts in training or people ready for a space flight. I don't remember all the details of it, but that he put a lot of people at risk with some of his peculiar behavior there too. What happened with that? Well, the president believes there's something called space juice. 
<laughs> and he thinks if you sip from the cup that has space juice in it, that you will be granted immortality. <laughs> and so okay. the, the, before the uh, flight lifted off to join the International Space Station, uh, he presented his cup of space juice. He took a big swig of it and he passed it off to each of the astronauts and asked them to drink from it. <laughs> and I'll be honest, if space juice is just agave nectar. <laughs> but he doesn't know that. Okay. He thinks it has magical properties. But they all took a sip and then they got in the ship and went up to the, into the international space station. Well, and how, how, how'd that turn out for everybody? Uh, we've lost communication with them, but we are looking forward to reestablishing <laughs> that and finding out how their trip in space is going. Wait, what's your gut tell you on how their trip in space is going? My guess is that they may have been exposed to COVID-19 <laughs> and space uh, being a different atmosphere than mm -hmm. on earth uh, made it a lot worse. Mm -hmm. And that uh, the confined space that they're in meant that all of them uh, received the disease and, and are, and have, are currently circling the, the planet, but uh, in a deceased manner. <laughs> well, what's your other gut reaction telling you? There's no other gut reaction. That's exactly what happened because we have live video feed. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing, Brian. Thank you for sharing, Jack. <laughs> Jack. Brian. There is money in sponsorships. You know this because we have a sponsor, Manscaped, right? I love Manscaped. Yeah, they're a good sponsor. So, you know, uh, that made other sponsors go, oh man, we'd like to be on questionable material. Maybe they can push our product or service. And so they've come to us with potential uh, sponsorship uh, dollars. It just requires you to read their advertisement and do a good job, be professional, don't laugh or anything. You just want to, you know, you want to sell their product. Dude, easy. Uh, like I'm, I'm great at this. Um, I'm totally going to nail it. I'm going to get us a bunch more sponsor money. Um, you know, soon based on my excellence here today, I imagine the show will be more sponsors than, uh, creative content. See, that would be ideal. We, there'll be less for us to do and yep. more for the sponsors to do. I just yeah, sent you, I'm going to crush this. I just sent you the script. Okay. That's a, a potential sponsor. So if you can just read this ad professionally, do a really good job, uh, we have a chance at, at landing another sponsor other than Manscaped. Uh, of course, I'm the, absolutely going to do that. That's kind of easy to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, here, let me just... Uh... Okay, I just got it. I'm opening it up. And um, let me just read it ahead of time. Nope, and nope we got to re just read it now. They want mm -hmm. a natural read. Professional. But I've never read this, Brian. I know you, just, you don't need to, you just got to, that's how you get the more natural read. Go for uh, it. Okay. That's uh, fine. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by David Eckholm, a Columbia County resident for 35 years who just killed his wife and best friend. He got back from a business trip to find Carl and Amanda going at it in his bed and he just lost it. Why advertise you ask? He's not sure, but certainly he's not operating on all cylinders. He blew a gasket. And when that happens, sometimes you kill your wife and best friend and advertise that fact <laughs> and advertise that fact on a podcast. Oh God, what is he going to do? 
Obviously, there's no hiding this. There's too much blood and he doesn't have it in him to dispose of the bodies. It's time to own it. He lost his sanity. That's it. The temporary insanity defense. He used to frown at defenses like that, but now he totally understands it. He lost all control. Amanda has been hiding this for years. She confessed as much. And how can Carl be forgiven? The best man at David's wedding? The guy whose ass he saved in Kandahar? So much blood. The kids will be home from school any minute. Why did he advertise on a podcast? (laughs) He doesn't know. He's not thinking right. It's all a blur. He knew he shouldn't have kept a loaded shotgun behind the dresser. It was just asking for trouble. And now trouble is here. Maybe advertising a double homicide on a podcast can count towards an insanity. (laughs) Can count as an insanity defense? He doesn't know, but it's possible. No one else does that. The best thing to do is clean up, bring the kids over to the neighbors when they get back, and then call the police and let them know what happened. It was a fit of passion. He's so sorry. He loved Amanda. How could she do this? Maybe it's him? Oh, God, the children. It's so close to the holidays, too. Maybe he drove her into Carl's arms by being too distant? Hard to say. If you go to manscaped.com and use code QM, you'll get 20% off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all manscaped products, including the lawnmower 4.0 and you get free shipping Which why is David Eckholm telling you this? Because he can see that Carl, though deceased in bed with David's wife has an incredibly groomed crotch. It's probably what Amanda saw in him. That cheating slut bucket. <laughs> oh my God. That was uncomfortable to read. That was nuts. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a really weird uh, advertisement. Man, he really got caught up in (laughs) his own behavior of what he was doing in terms of advertising his murder on a podcast. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's probably needed you to be a little more serious um, than you were, especially for something so gruesome as as a a parent double homicide. Yeah, you can understand it. It's weird that at the end, it's like, it, it's almost like this guy's letter sort of fulfilled our requirement of, um, uh, you know, pushing manscaped, uh, yeah, yeah. and the lawnmower 4.0. And that's crazy you, that he would be with blood on his hands, looking at these two dead bodies. And he'd be thinking to himself that, um, that you can save 20% at, ch- uh, at checkout. If you just go to manscaped.com and use uh, code QM. Yeah. That's really weird. Isn't it? It's really weird. Yeah. Well, um, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be a sponsor and he's probably going to be in jail for a period of time. Although who knows, maybe you get off with that kind of plea. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe it works from, well, good, good luck to him really. You know, and, and you know, he's right. If you use manscaped.com, uh, and, and you use the checkout code QM, you get 20% off and uh, free shipping anywhere, but the Congo. Yeah, exactly. And maybe this, maybe this doesn't happen to you if you just sort of, you know, clean up your business downstairs. That's right. Okay. All right. Uh, what's next? I got another sponsor. Oh, good. Coming your way. <laughs> All right. All right. So we don't have David Eckholm, but we might have this one. I'm very excited. Me too. Okay. I, I just got um, the script. Um, I'm ready to read it. I've never read this before. Go ahead. Tell me when you're ready. <clears throat> you may take it away, sir. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Benjamin Green's Gay Bar. Since 1929, Benjamin Green's Gay Bar has been serving the metro area. 
But back then, gay meant happy, as in let's have a gay old time. But boy, how words and expressions change. Ain't that the pepper? (laughs) If old Ben Green were alive today, he'd be having a good chuckle at how busy we are, but also wondering why his bar was filled with only muscled men in nice clothing. Because again, we're not a gay bar, although we understand the confusion. We're a happy bar, specializing specializing in serving our delightful libations in a great atmosphere that doesn't have to be all gay guys. (laughs) After nearly a century in business, Ben Greens has served everyone. Orientals, midgets, Negroes, spastics, yids, and more. But being honest, since the 1970s, we've been pretty much just gay guys because of the name. Sure, we thought about dropping it, but we're suckers for tradition. Just like our primary customer base is a sucker for penises. (laughs) (laughs) The meaning of words may change, but we won't. We welcome all types of Benjamin Green's gay bar. (laughs) And we hope you'll stop by and diversify the place just a little bit. Because as we said, we're all gay guys right now because of our name. And we'd love to serve a lady or two. And maybe some folks who don't criticize our decor or talk about antiques as much. Let's mix it up and have a gay old time. Every day, Benjamin Green's Gay Bar has a happy hour from 4 to 7. Anyone can stop by, not just gay guys, and get a pint of any draft for only 4 bucks. Man, it'd be great if people stopped judging us by our old-timey name and just treated us like a regular bar. We were voted best gay bar in the metro area 12 years in a row, and we keep asking them to stop. (laughs) Come on down to Benjamin Green's Gay Bar on Wolford Street next to Screw Barbara, which is a hardware store owned by Barbara. Uh, well, uh, we, I helped you lose uh, that one. Yeah, thanks for that. Jeez, because I, I had it. I had it perfectly. Well, I had it perfectly until you screwed it up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we won't be getting Benjamin Green's. Yeah, but Benjamin Green also there in the middle used some um, offensive uh, terminology that even though we're questionable material, we don't condone, by the way. Yeah, you know, it was back back in the day, those that's just what they would say. Those are the words yes. that were fine back then. Who knows? Back in, Yes, back in the day, those words were fine. And so they're reading, they're sending us old script. Spastics. <laughs> Spastics. Not supposed, to, not supposed to say that anymore. No, no, no. Now you or just pretend they don't exist. Not, you don't say midgets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I got to midgets. I was like, oh man, I'm going to get letters. But you again, know, one this, time this I, is not my words. I was in a, uh, I was in a taxi in Shanghai, China okay. once. And in the back of the taxi in English, it said no psychos or drunkards. Really? Yes. I remember well, that. That's took a really picture. Fun. Yeah. And you then got out of the car to honor the rules. <laughs> Didn't qualify on two counts. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. I just all right. got script number three. I have opened it and I would like you to, uh, to count me down because uh, I, I just need to clear my head. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> get into my professional zone. So please uh, right. count me down. Professional, professional, serious. Three, two, one. Take her away. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by the crotch shredder 2000. <laughs> <laughs> A grooming tool for men made from sustainably sourced rusted car parts. The Crotch Shredder 2000 has a patented accidental skin nibble. 
technology that occasionally nicks the very sensitive skin around your nether regions while you're grooming. Sure, it's unfortunate, but thanks to China, the Crotch Shredder 2000 is much, much cheaper than our main competitor, the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> With the Crotch Shredder 2000, you'll be able to tame the hideous forest in your pants that no respectable woman wants to see. Just make sure you're up to date on your tetanus shots. Fire up the Crotch Shredder 2000. Groom until the pain makes you faint. <laughs> Groom until the pain makes you faint. And wait one to three weeks for the micro lacerations to heal. Voila! Think of all the money you'll save by not going on dates while your twig and berries are recovering from the trauma. I know what you're thinking. Why wouldn't I just spring for a far superior and safer men's grooming tool like the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 with its skin safe technology and quality parts and wide assortment of men's grooming aids? <laughs> sure, I bet you're probably thinking Manscaped is way, way better and more popular and does a phenomenal job of men's grooming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that if you go to Manscaped and use checkout code QM as in questionable material, you'll get 20% off and free shipping anywhere. That all sounds great, but you're forgetting one thing. We have Timmy Jenkins, an adorable red-haired boy, locked in a dog crate. <laughs> and he doesn't get out until we move some product. So you have a choice. Manscaped or the Crotch Shredder 2000. We hope you make the right choice for Timmy's sake. He's so hungry. Well, you know what? We don't want uh, the Crotch Shredder 2000, to be honest, right? I think we'd stick with Manscaped. Well, let's see which offer. Look, I, look, I love Manscaped, but let's see which, what the Crotch Shredder is offering. I'll be honest. As a Manscaped customer, uh, I prefer Manscaped. I don't want nicks and, and lacerations in the nether region. Uh, I don't want rusty car parts uh, being part of a, a grooming tool that I'm using near uh, yeah. you know, high, highly sensitive areas. And so I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Manscaped personally. You make your own choice. It's a free country. But Brian, what if I told you that the Crotch Shredder uh, 2000 was offering $5 more per month to advertise? Let's uh, take this off, off camera. Let's discuss this. Yeah, we should, we should discuss this. All right, let's wrap this up real quick because I, I got a good feeling about this. Review us and all that. Yes, tell friends. Tell two friends. That's what I want everyone to do. Yeah. So, so Brian, about this Crotch Shredder. You had me at $5, Jack. <laughs> that was questionable material with jack and brian subscribe on any podcast platform watch our clips on youtube visit us at qmpodcast.com 